Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thought you missed the old days, but nothing changed. Let you change what's around you, how you think, how you live, how you speak, how you walk, how you blank, how you talk, how you teach, how you reach. Let it sink. What's your purpose? What's your passion? Do the pain? What's your plan? Is it plain? On a plane? How's your plane? All right, all right, all right. I think I caught it this time. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I don't know how it might go. Um, we got a little. We got a little bit of time, or what have you. I think I caught it. And you know, from the, you're getting better from, as, it, as it goes along. Man, listen. <laughs> I don't even know how many seconds that is. I need to just count off the seconds and get it out the way. But you all guys are now plugged in with Molly and Joe, the Mental Warriors. All we do each week is bring more, you know, more, more, more mental empowerment, more, more thought, you know, more food for thought, as they would say. Have you thinking about, you know, what you're doing for the cause, what you're not doing for the cause, and all that other stuff. So this is plugged with Molly and Joe, the Mental Warriors. This is my partner, Joe. Say what's up, Joe. What's good, oh, everybody? What's good? Words by Joe, because you, yeah. you already know he always got the good words and all that other good stuff. So um today's today, 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 we got a good one today for you guys. Like um, I think this is like a level up type of the type of situation going on. And then mm-hmm. I'll you know, it's a, like we leveled up a little bit. Um, I'm a little, a little saddened by the Knicks losing. To the Atlanta Hawks, I'm a little sad by that, but at the same time, I'm just a fan. This is just basketball. It's just a game. These people are making millions of dollars, living lavishly. So I'm not going to take too much time stressing about the millionaires that's playing a kid's game. You understand what I'm saying? I think I'm a focus on the here and now, right? If I could say anything in regards to it, I mean, it's the first year in the playoffs in eight years. Mm-hmm. I mean. There was so many things that have to be worked out. Like, I don't think anybody really expects to go far in their first year. You know, you go through this year and figure out the kinks, and then you come back next year and do better. But salute to the Knicks for getting this far, having a great season, very above uh, what the standard was. And next year, I think they'll be even better. Yeah, I believe so, too. A little tweak here and there. The, um, you know, the front office doing a few things here and there. So, Hopefully, you know, hopefully, like you said, hopefully, you know, they go, this is a step in the right direction, as they would say, Absolutely. you know, but, um, you know, because I'm excited about who we have on today and whatnot, so we're going to cut our introductions a little bit short. Y'all already know I'm Molly, Molly the Voice, that's Words by Joe, there's reason about, you know, there's reason for, for these names and whatnot, you obviously know what the voice is about, and you obviously know about Words by Joe, right, so we know each other, right, right, Joe, we know each other, right? We I would good. think so. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, you are here. Plug. Oh my, my, mind you. Hold on. Let me go with the, 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 you know, the plugs. All the platforms we're on. Correct. YouTube, yes. Facebook, Instagram, Anchor.fm, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, 
the and of course the evening rush network our home our 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 mother base as they would call it um and you can call in to us at 929-441-2417 that's 929-441-2417 call into the pl- call into the plug with Molly and Joe the mental warriors call us up check us you know give us yeah. a question stump us do something right all right but we're gonna move on oh we're not on facebook live yeah we are well when i i just shared it on facebook live yeah we on facebook live too there we go yeah we on facebook live too so therefore for without a doubt you know without further ado i'm gonna allow joe to to to, to, to handle the reins right now ah yes this gentleman that we are about to bring on, mentor, big brother, father figure to me, known him for many, many, many years. Just the impact that he has on not just Black history, but Black music history alone. And I'm happy that we have him today for him to share his story with us. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages around the world, I give to you Mr. Billy, Mr. Apollo Mitchell. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, family, how you doing, hey. brother? What's going on? I, I oh, hope man. I did it as good as you do, but, you know. Oh, I'm so good. I'm with my brothers, you know, uh, and we're just kicking it and just sharing, you know. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is very special to me because, as Joe said, we go way back. I you know, his dad was a dear friend of mine. You know, uh, Molly, uh, I, I'm just meeting brother basically, but Joe has mentioned you so much like I know you already. And <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so, you know, uh, blessed to be uh, uh, here with everybody tonight so we can share this and get this thing popping because we got a lot to talk about, yeah. a lot to digest, a lot to consider, you know, a lot to kick back and forth. So, you know, let's do it. All right, all right, all right, Mr. Apollo. That's what I'm talking about, Mr. Billy Mitchell. It is definitely an honor to actually have a living legend with us today. Like honestly, like I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't give you enough, enough praise right now for what you have done. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into paying more homage to to our to to to, to some of the greats of the past. And even yeah. the greats of the now and the greats of the future. So that's what we're going to do. This is the paying homage section. So we used to call it paying homage to the ancestors, but we noticed that we mix in a few people that's still here with us. So in them being still here with us, it's not the ancestors in, the, in that sense. So what yes. we're doing is we're going to pay homage to either our ancestors, to our to to the ones in the past, to the one in the present, to the ones for the future. So Joe, um, let me know who are you paying homage to today? Ah. This brother right here, I as I'm looking to this ancestor, I didn't realize that today is his birthday. You know, <laughs> the irony, great, the irony. So that means that the energy was there for me to have him as my ancestor today. The mm-hmm. legendary Curtis Mayfield. Woo! You talk Woo. about words. This brother had words, you know. I, 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 I like to say there are two great songwriters in my mind, Smokey Robinson and Curtis Mayfield. Those are my two favorite songwriters because their words, not only did were they able to make them rhyme, but their words had an impact, had a powerful meaning behind it, you know. And getting involved in a lot of social justice things, Curtis Mayfield, along with Marvin Gaye, of course, were like the two that I followed and I listened to, and they made so much sense in their words and voices, you know. So 
paying homage to Brother Curtis Mayfield, who would have been 79 today. I shake yeah. today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What was one of them songs? What was one of them, them songs that he played so that so some of our some some of our viewers can um ah, can sing? What was one of them songs? We're all gonna go. Yeah. Uh, moving on up. Mm -hmm. uh, keep on pushing. People yep. get ready. Mm -hmm. Um, to be invisible so much. She also did the Sparkle soundtrack as well, and Claudine too. So okay. you know, he's responsible for those Superfly. Mister, Superfly. yeah, Superfly. I was about to say you ain't gonna hit me with the Superfly here. Hit me with the Superfly, Mister Mitchell. You yes, have an interesting story before in, in in production about about Mister Curtis Mayfield. You want to share that with us? Yeah, you know, you know, a lot of people may or may not know that. A lot of those early songs that Curtis Mayfield did when he's with the Impressions, you know, uh, he was only about 17 years old. He was 16 to 17 years old. Uh, can you imagine this young kid coming out with these powerful songs? Jerry Butler, the, the, it was part of the Impressions. You know, you know, you have these uh, uh, group members and sometimes people go out on their own. Um, I remember when Curtis Mayfield was injured. Uh, it was a concert at Wingate Park in Brooklyn, right? And it was a rainy day and, and the wind was blowing and some of the lighting apparatus fell down. And, and, and it injured Curtis Mayfield so bad that he was confined to a wheelchair that paralyzed him. But wow. Curtis Mayfield is definitely one of the ancestors that uh, we just hope he rests in eternal peace. Uh, he was a dynamic uh, musician, arranger, writer, producer, uh, for those uh, that are of a young uh, age, you know, go check out, you know, YouTube, Curtis Mayfield, and and and, and check out some of his work. So, Curtis yeah. Mayfield, I, I, I totally agree with you, Joe. Uh, I salute you. Curtis Mayfield uh, is a great honor to be uh, given to him today. Absolutely. Yes. So, as we're talking to you, Mr. Mr. Apollo, um, yes, who sir. do you pay homage to today? Who do you pay homage to today? Oh, man. Uh, you know, Marvin Gaye and James Brown. Now, wow. the, the reason why I mentioned those two brothers is because uh, they did something for me uh, that people may not know. You know, wow. I, uh, for those you don't know, I, I, I started giving service to the Apollo Theater way back in 1965 uh, mm -hmm. when I was 15 years old. Uh, I'm 71 right now. Imagine that. But I started giving service to Apollo back in 1965. I was born and raised in the great city of Mount Vernon, New York. I am okay. one of... 14 children, right? Okay. 14 children and that my mom gave birth to. And we were we were going through some tough times in Mount Vernon. Unfortunately, the building that we were living in was about to be condemned. So we had to get the hell up out of there, right? So my family moved to the, to the South Bronx. And then I remember my mom sending me down to Harlem one day to get some money from her cousin. My mom's cousin lived directly across the street from the backstage door of the Apollo back then. Now it's a schoolyard, but back then there was a row of buildings. So on the day I go get the little money from my mom's cousin, uh, cousin wasn't home. So I'm walking up and down 126th Street and back of the Apollo, looking at her door, hoping she would come in. And then I got tired, so I walked to the side where the Apollo Theater was located to get out of the sun. And I'm standing near the backstage door of the Apollo. All of a sudden, the door opens up, and Frank Schiffman, who owned the Apollo back then, he comes out and says, hey, kid, what are you doing back here? I said, sir, I'm not doing anything. I'm waiting for my mom's cousin. She lived right across the street. And he says, oh, yeah, well, why are you waiting? You, you, you want to make some money? Now, I got okay. shook by that question because, you know, I had never been asked by an adult, hey, kid, you want to make some money? 
started going through my head, right, bros? So what I did was I, he calmed me down and says, I'm not going to mess with you. I'm asking you, do you want to make some money by running to the store for some musicians that are working inside uh, rehearsing for a big show tonight? And they want you to go get their coffee and their newspapers and their shoes shine. If you do that, they'll give you a little tip. So I started running errands. So as time went by, I, I would, whenever I needed some money, I would go down to Palatine to make me some chips, right? So on the times that I saw James Brown, he would always ask me, how you doing in school, Mr. B? And Mr. Brown always called me Mr. That was another <laughs> thing that blew my damn mind because imagine an adult calling the kid Mr. Right? Oh, so Mr. How's school coming along? How's school? So every time I saw him after that, which was, you know, he was at the Apollo a lot. And he and I would run errands. He would ask me, how you doing in school? And I always told him I was doing great. In fact, I wasn't. See, my family had just moved to the Bronx. I wasn't uh, 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 familiar with the way the kids in the Bronx dressed. Uh, my hygiene was off. It wasn't good at all. I was called Stinky Boy. I was <laughs> yeah, man. They used to dog me, man. So, so what happened was, uh, when James Brown asked me how was I doing in school, and I always told him I was doing great. But one day, uh, Mr. Brown asked me, told me, not asked me, told me to go back home, get my report card, bring it back, and prove to him that I was doing well. And when I went and got the report card, brought it back, he saw that I was failing all of my subjects. Because wow. I, was, I wasn't paying attention to school because the kids used to dog me, right? And he threatened me that I wasn't allowed to come back and run errands until my grades had gone up by the next report card. Now, that's the push that I needed because it scared me because I needed that money because I was helping my mother out. I was able to buy a couple of shirts from AJ Lester's. I was able to, you know, and I had to get my gear game up, right? So I, I needed that money and I wasn't about to jeopardize it by not uh, doing well in school. So when he threatened me that I wasn't allowed to come back, I went to school. I started raising my hand, asked the teacher to explain stuff. I started understanding the lessons. I applied it to my test and I went from failing everything to being on the honor roll. Now, when I finally, my point is, when I finally graduated from high school, James Brown uh, was so proud of me. He says, so what you going to do now, Mr. B? I said, I'm thinking about going to business school. Oh, that's that's good. You know, you want to be a businessman? I said, yes, sir. He says, you know, it costs money. I said, yeah, but, you know, I, 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 do your family have it? I said, no. And he reached into his pocket, bro, and he pulled out this knot. And he started peeling off paper, right? So I took the money that James Brown gave me for graduating from high school, along with the money that I had saved from some money Marvin Gaye gave me. And I applied to a business school on 23rd Street and Lexington Avenue. And that was back in 1971 or 72. So I give homage to James Brown and Marvin Gaye because they influenced me with my education. They made it possible that I could become a businessman. And then later on that business experience, let me do other things at the Apollo Theater. So yeah, I uh, salute those brothers. Wow. 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 Thank you, wow. thank you, thank you, thank you, my brothers. Thank you, Marvin Gaye. Thank you, James Brown. Uh, man, that, that's, that's, that's uh, I'm speechless. I, 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 I'm not speechless. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not speechless much, to be honest with you. To be honest, I'm not speechless much. I, you know, I, I hang my hat on that a lot that I'm not speechless much. But this one, this one got me a little bit. Yeah. And um, I can't. I, 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 to be in your presence, to be actually, you know, kicking back words back and forth with you is actually like, I don't know. It's it's, it's surreal to me, and I, I don't know where I don't know where did I, be, you know, deserve to 
to be, you know, to be even in, to be here right now. You know what I'm saying? Where did I go right at in life somewhere? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to figure it out sometimes, but I'm here now. And, yes, um, and um, who I'm going to pay homage to is um, someone who's still with us, um, very well with us, but has, um, has, has talked to me in my life in many times. And that's Alicia. That's the one Mrs. Alicia Keys. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Um, Look at that. One of the more natural beauties there is in the world. Um, you know what I mean? Um, one, once upon a time, that was definitely going to be my wife until I found my wife, who actually, <laughs> to me, who actually for, for me resembles Alicia Keys as well. So you, that, that you you know. <laughs> Listen, I, think, I think we both had that same vision at one time in time. So I guess, you know, yeah. So um, Alicia Keys, her music, her her talent, everything about her, um, everything, all, everything about her, talked to me at at, mm-hmm. at, a, at a, in a in a time where I needed some talking to, and it came for the fact that it came from a woman didn't make you know didn't didn't, didn't bother me at all. You understand what I'm saying? It was, it was, you know, she was very important. You know, she, 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 she gave me a symbolism because at the time, a lot of women were out there sitting there just shaking their ass and showing off their nakedness and this, that, and the third. And then here go this sister that's with just showing her talent. You understand what I'm saying? She, right. had to, she didn't had a twerk on stage. All she did was play the piano. Does she have the best voice? Maybe not. You understand what I'm saying? She, she ain't had, she wasn't Whitney Houston. But listen, right. explain something to you. And it's not many Whitney Houston's. It's not many Aretha Franklin's. It's not many. You know what I'm saying? So you get in where you could fit in, and that sister did exactly that. And 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 right. she, you know, she, 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 you know, she does so much. What I'm gonna do is read off a little bit about her, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because I need to hear from Mr. Billy Mitchell again. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna keep my stuff to the. You know, this is my show, so at the end of the day, I, y'all hear from me next week. Y'all might not hear from me. Next week. <laughs> you know what I'm but I'm gonna speak on to who she is, Alicia. Yes. Alicia Keys, known yes. professionally as Alicia Keys, is an American singer-songwriter, a classically trained pianist. Remember, she was in the Cosby Show that that that, that time. She was in the Cosby yes. Show. She did yep. that, that on the lap on the laps on the lap. Um, um, um what's the name? When he did the little thing on the lap. With the, with the oh. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? yeah, that was Alicia Keys. I yep, the buck. Wow. The, yep. When, the, when he was bucking him on the knee, yeah. Yeah. He said Keys began composing songs by age 12 and was signed at 15 years old by Columbia Records. After disputes with the label, her debut album, Songs in A Minor with J Records, was released in 2001. The album was critically and commercially successful, producing her first Billboard Hot 100 number one single, Fallen, and selling over 12 million copies worldwide. The album earned Keys five Grammy Awards in 2002, which he definitely deserved. And this is basically 20 years ago. Like, come on. Like, that, that, that's, that's 20 years ago. You understand what I'm saying? And then the amount, of, the amount of songs that she produced that was empowering for the females and, you know, yes. women empowerment and stuff like that. Um, she's a musician, singer, songwriter, producer, actress, and philanthropist. Not to mention she's a wife and a mother. That's, that's, that right. was all right. important. You know what I mean? Her, non- her nonprofit, Keep a Child Alive, provides health care, housing, and other support services to HIV, AIDS-affected communities in Africa and India. So she's right. a philanthropist as well. You know what I mean? Of course, she has the you know the the famous the famous Swiss beats as a husband and all the other stuff. But before then, she was still doing all of these things. And I just want to give her props. And Mr. Mitchell, you did have something to say about that young lady as well. I yes, full of juice. 
Keys, uh, I have a personal story with that, not personal with me, but uh, Alicia Keys, uh, when she first came out, <clears throat> her, her, her manager, Jeff Robinson, has a brother, Conrad Robinson. And Conrad Robinson has a, had a dance company called Teens in Motion out of the South Bronx. And my nephew, Wayne Mitchell, who they call Freak Nasty, was their lead dancer and choreographer. And so MBK production, which Conrad uh, managed, he found out about my, my, my nephew. And before you know it, he joined Alicia Keys as her hype man. And she took that kid from the stoops of the Bronx and took him all around the world, Africa, Europe, Asia, in concert. You imagine this, 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 this kid who had never been anywhere out of the Bronx was now traveling all over the world with Alicia Keys. And I remember when she finally came to Madison Square Garden. Uh, we, my family went to see our little nephew, you know, uh, and when I mean little, he's, I'm, I'm short too, right? I'm only 5'4". My nephew is like 5'1", right? But he's a powerhouse. So we see our nephew on the stage with Alicia Keys just killing it. And tears is rolling down my eyes because I know his journey, right? And I remember a few years ago, Alicia comes to the Apollo Theater and to take care of some business. And I walked up to us, how you doing? Says, hey, what's up, brother? I said, you may know my nephew. Um, he used to be your hype man. She says, freak nasty. I said, yes. She said, that's my baby. I said, I know. I know. She says, oh, my God, how's he doing? I said, he's up in Connecticut teaching young kids how to dance and, 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 and giving service to the youth. So Alicia Keys has touched so many of us so many ways. She touched my family. This young man went from sitting on the stoop in the Bronx, part of a, a step team, and she took him all over the world. So I say thank you, Alicia Keys. Uh, you are a really a superwoman. There's no doubt about yes, it. In my yes, mind. indeed. And <laughs> not to mention, and, and, and you bring up stories. I don't know. I sell myself short a lot in, in, in what I've been through in life. And the funny part is, I can tell you honestly, I met Alicia Keys personally myself. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and yeah, I met her myself. Um, one of my brothers, um, his name was Chuck Turner, and he was her her street team uh, manager. Meaning, he was out in the streets in, of Harlem and everywhere, just pushing. You know how the, you know how the street team thing goes. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. That's when they were that's when they were dropping t um, tapes in people's hands, like listen to this yes. demo, all of that. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. before that's before internet, before all of this yeah. fast paced stuff. People yeah. actually had to get out there and grind. That's right. That's right. That's right. So one of my, so one of my Israelite brothers named Truck Turn Truck, um, he he came through and he hype about this young lady like, yo, Alicia Keys about to be the next big thing, next big thing. Ah, ah, ah this, then the third, ba ba ba. He about to, she about to be the next big thing. And 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 yo, yeah, Sean, work had to be done, bro. Work had to be done back then when the, when it yeah. came out of the street team and the people carrying the crates for the DJs and all of that. Yeah. Right. Back in the days, black music was a yeah. uh, was a chore. You know what yes. I mean? Short to get on. You oh, understand? Yeah. So her street team actually was out there trying to get her into everybody's ear. And the brother told me that she was sitting on the couch one day ready to quit. You understand what I'm saying? Imagine that. Imagine Alicia ah. Keys ready to quit. You understand what I'm saying? Alicia Keys quitting. Think about this 20 years of music. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> Gone. If she don't persevere or get through what she was going through, so you know what I mean. Like, like you, you, you spark something in my head. Like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm supposed to remember this. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that brother, and they, and with her street team, and that, and her, and 
then all of, you know the brother was trying to do his own little music or whatever and she came out and showed him support this was after she won them grammys the 2000 all them grammys and all of that she came out and she was in his video we would probably never see that video ever in our lives but she wow. came down and was in that man video as wow. as as famous as she was at the time and i'll never forget that day. you know what i mean but yes, marvin gay yes james brown curtis mayfield all yes. belong all we're supposed to give them praise um yes, definitely not an option and and alicia keys is one of the symbolisms to that is this fact that she was sitting there ready to quit and she didn't and if she didn't you know so we got mr mitchell what we do we got six minutes for a current event because usually we have a little current event you know what mm -hmm. i mean we have a little current event time or what have you but i love your story i don't care about the current events i needed i needed to hear every last every last jewel you dropped <laughs> i needed so to have, uh, mind you the current events is actually saturday so at the end of the yeah. day I could care less about the current events once we have a living legend with you, you know what I mean, and you right here, right now. You understand what I'm saying? But what we're going to do, I'm going to pick one. All right, so we've got the emotional state of NBA players are after heckling events. It's a modern-day athlete dehumanized. You know what? We're going to go with Naomi Osaka Whoa. dropping the French Open due to her emotional state and they getting on her because she did so. Let's talk about that, Joe. Let's I'll kick it over to you, Joe. Well, what it... What it seems to me is, like we, we spoke about this a little uh, briefly yesterday during our production, is that um, the athlete is not valued. They're, they're looked at. You're making all this money. You're not allowed to have feelings. You're emotionless. Yep. You're to be a robot. And the mm -hmm. fact that she's having anxiety or stress is almost like it's not, it's not understood. Like she's not a human being and not able to do that. The money that mm -hmm. she makes from her sports should allow her to be that way. So mm -hmm. when she said she didn't feel like talking in front of the camera, they fined her for it first. Yeah. So after they fined her for it, then you <laughs> then she just said, you know what? I'm going to drop out because it obviously shows that you don't care about yeah. my concern and how I feel. So me being in this uh, in this environment is not emotionally healthy or physically healthy for me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I totally agree, Joe, because, you know, they didn't take into consideration her mental wellness. You know, uh, it's like that. What they told LeBron, just shut up and play basketball. You know, right. uh, you, you notice in when the, the players were playing in the bubble last year, uh, Paul George was talking about, man, there's something not right, man. I, you know, I'm getting these anxiety attacks and everybody was blaming on his game. But he's right. saying being fine mess with his mental. Uh, you know, they're, they're, the fact that they, they came after, uh, you know, the sister, you know, because she didn't want to speak to the press and she was telling them, I'm not feeling well. There's something going on. I'm getting anxiety. To, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm going through depression. Now, they're, they're like, I don't give a damn about your depression. You know, you don't want to speak. Here's fifteen thousand dollar fine on your ass. Right. Uh -huh. and then, OK, you want to be like that? I'm just going to drop out of the tournament. So they was throwing all the shade at her. Right. But the sister's well-being was, she felt her well-being was more important than the money they were giving her. Imagine, God forbid, may the creator really protect her. Imagine if she had done something to herself because she was feeling so overwhelmed by all the pressure. You know, uh, usually our people, we don't commit suicide, but 
Europeans sometimes they can't handle stress. They just ready to commit suicide, jump off a damn building, and blow their damn brains out, right? So we, we don't get down like that. But the fact of the matter is, had she done something to herself, then it would say, Oh God, we should have listened to her. You know, she right, she, right, right. She was crying out for help. She's telling them that I'm not well. This this is too much for me. She's only 23 years old. And she's getting pulled in all different types of directions, and it's not good for her mental. It takes a strong person. Look what Serena had to go through. But Serena said, look, everybody's not made like me. I'm thick. She was saying, I can take it. And some thick people aren't yeah. thick. You know, yeah. that was Serena's comment. She meant that she could handle it, but there are people that cannot handle all the stress and pulling back and forth of her. So, uh, Naomi, I just hope that sister uh, does well. Uh, you know, she can get back and get paid, but then they talk about, well, is her career over? Who cares? She got enough in the, uh, paper in the bank that she don't have to work another damn uh, tournament in her life. And right. just take care of her mental, you know? So What I want to applaud is that this generation has has spearheaded and been in the forefront of, of mental health, um, the mental health initiative. Whereas back in my days, back in your days, that wasn't something, that was actually, you know, um, something that's manly, you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't something that we did in the hood? We we acknowledged that we had mental problems and the such, you know what I mean? So I just want to salute that the, the, the new generation who's who's facing these demons and 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 and, and, and acknowledging it because um sis sis was done sis was like nah I, I'm just I can't I I'm not doing it I, I won't do it. Um, I don't have to do it. Like at the end of the day, I don't have to talk to you. Like I don't feel like talking to you. Why do? Why would I be? Why should I be forced to talk to someone and I don't feel like talking to someone? You know what I mean? So I want to applaud her today. Um, I want to applaud her today for standing up against those who would who would try to take money from her. It's bigger than money. Your mental health is bigger than money. Your mental health is bigger than is is big. It's bigger than anything you could really think about. You understand what I'm saying? So with that being said, I would like everybody out there to just listen. Make sure you pay attention to your body. Make sure you pay attention to your mental. Make sure you pay attention to what's going on around you. You know what I mean, Mr. Mitchell? Make sure they pay attention. Yeah, make sure they pay attention, right, Joe? Well, I'm going to say one thing. It's funny that money is always thrown as a as a penalty to us trying to better ourselves. You know, like yeah, they, we, they, we, they, always, we always try to get money. Right. right. It's valued so much that that's the penalty for us trying to better ourselves or do what we feel is right, you know? Yeah, they find you. Yeah, they find you. You know, you know, they, they, they say, well, we'll take some of your paper from you, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and it's so sad because, you know, you, it's, it feels like you, 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 you're you owned, you know? You're not yourself, you're owned because they're giving you money and they own you. They're forcing you to speak when you don't want to speak. That is just a horrible uh, place to be. They do that with the, the basketball players in their contracts, just mm-hmm. like it was with Naomi. In her contract, it says you have to speak with the media. But speak she says, speak with Master, tell you to. There you go, bro. You know, and and Mr. Mitchell, Mr. Yes, Mitchell, I, I, I hate to cut you off, but we, no have to go, we have to go to our, to our network break, okay, which is Let's at the 30 minute mark. And we come right back. If you have anything to speak on the last topic, you can, or we can start our new topic. All right. So we'll be right back. We'll be right Woo! back. All right. to podcast shows and do not know where to start. The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. 
Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. Yes, yes, yes. We are back. We are back. Um, we, we are sponsored, of course, by the Evening Rush Network. We are here. This is our network and the such. Actually, it started raining on me, but I ain't going nowhere. I just got an umbrella down. How about that? I'm dedicated. I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not missing a beat. I'm not right. listening. It's, it's, it's here, right? What so, makes the city grow? What yeah, exactly. So you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, um, I do want to get into um two things. We want to talk about who we're sponsored by, which is Baller Big Apple Leadership Academy for the Arts. That is our. That is a, that is my that is my 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 child, as they would say. One of my children. I got five of them. That is the sixth one. All right. Um, Big Evolution Academy for the Arts is what Mr. 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 Apollo is all about. Is what Joe is all about. Is what Mr. Hilton that's that's watching is all about. Is Mr. John that's watching that's all about. Sean Don, everybody that's watching, we about the arts, man. This pe- we are people that 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 like um excel in the when it comes down to the arts, mm-hmm. and um that goes into our topic for the day, which is honoring Black Music History Month. But before we go there, right? Before we go there, Mr. Mitchell, do you have anything else to say towards our last topic, spoke right. speaking on Naomi? You want to close that out for us? Well, I, I just want to take people, want the folks just to consider, you know, their own personal mental health. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, you, we see it in the streets. We see people walk around. We say, man, they, why are they bugging out? We see people being attacked. You know, there is some, there, there's got to be some uh, passion or empathy towards people that have mental problems. But I, I urge everyone to take care of their own mental, do a little meditation. If you don't want to meditate, sit your ass down somewhere and just reflect and just be, you know, you know. That's what you I know, do. It's, it's, it's important that we take care of our mental because mm-hmm. our mental, you know, is every the brain controls everything. You know, if your brain is not right and you're not thinking, or you you you're in, you're getting bad energy in your in your environment, it's it's just not it's toxic for your for your for your mental. So I urge everybody take care of their mental. Uh, you know, um, you know, take care of themselves, their their physical as well. That's important. Uh, be careful what you eat. Uh, be careful yeah. what you do. You know, and damn sure be careful what you smoke. Okay, I'm just okay. putting that out there. You know, it's twenty twenty one, Mister Mitchell. Yeah, be careful what you smoke, baby. You yeah, know, you yeah. Know. Make sure it comes from the ground. Make sure it yeah. comes because you know, not without even uh, you know getting too far into my my personal. You know, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, uh-huh. I haven't I haven't smoked in twenty five years because I got a bad batch uh, uh, about twenty five years ago. They almost put me into a, a insane asylum, and uh, I have and I don't knock anybody for doing what you think what you're doing because it's it, you know that's you you do you you do you. I, I'm just talking about me. I've witnessed you know? it, I, Mr. Mitchell. I've witnessed it in friends. I've yeah, witnessed yeah. it close friends and family who, oh, yeah. who 
who lost their minds off a bad batch. And I wouldn't even call it a bad batch. I, it's, it's actually back in those days, it was actually. um laces uh, stuff. Right. right. It was laces. Yeah, man. They, they, no and I got caught out there one day, brother. I didn't know up from down, sideways from sideways. Uh, the, the, the people that I was with in the car. Her hands were stuck to the to the damn steering wheel. She couldn't even uh -huh. move. Uh -huh. They had to pry her fingers open. Oh wow! The other dude was in the, in the hospital. I don't know how I got home that night. I really don't wow. know. How I, so that that that's just my my bad experience with it. I I don't knock with anybody you know smokes and whatnot because you know I, I've done it myself. So I'm not being self righteous and judgmental. I'm just you know telling you what it did to me and, and and it also affects your mental. So, you know, just be careful what you smoke and how much you smoke, if that's what you do. Right. Right. All right. So what we're gonna do is um that was deep. What you about to say, Joe? Well, no, I'm just agreeing with you. Like I said, I ain't got to say much today. I'm just listening to the ancestors. That's all. <laughs> I'm just listening to the elders. That's yeah, I'm doing. Cool. <laughs> Nobody listen. All right, yeah. so we got a few people that then went through some stuff. We got PCP. We got somebody that yeah. saw the devil in Canarsie Pier. Yeah. I want to know what the charm. One day I want to know what the devil looked like, Sean. <laughs> Well, it probably looks something that you've never seen before. You said, that's got to be the damn devil, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Your mind is telling you, yo, that's be. the damn devil there, you know? It, it must be. Must be. Uh, uh, I for that bad boy, and all of a sudden, like, damn, I think I saw the damn devil, you know? Listen, listen, <laughs> I, listen, I, got, I, listen I thought somebody was grabbing me in my sleep one day, so don't, don't uh, I, listen, I don't know, man. Listen, things happen, right? So we're going to move right on the law before it get weirder and weirder, all right? <laughs> so we had somebody take a PCP, has, you know. It, listen, let's, let's, let's keep it simple, my people. I'm looking dead into the camera. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it tame. And we're going to go to the topic of the day. I understand the producer is trying to push us towards the topic of the day, but she don't understand. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> like, what topic, right? Like, what the what topic is right. you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We are yeah. honoring Black yeah. Music History Month. And Woo! who should we have to do so than the one and only Mr. Um, Apollo? Like, the, listen, Showtime at the Apollo, I grew up on it as well. You know what I mean? Like, that, that was something that I grew up on. That was every Saturday night. It was a family. It was, it was a thing that the family did together. So yes, I'm going to ask... I'm gonna go with Joe first because I know once Joe go and then once Mr. Mitchell go, it's a wrap. So I'm gonna go with Joe first. <laughs> Joe, the impact of black music today. Talk to me. Ah, well, there's so much. Um, I think impact of black music goes back to how it was um, when it was first created. Uh, music is a form of the arts. You know, music is a form of expression. Whether you're singing, whether you're dancing, you know, we talk about our ancestors. They used the drums to dance and also to communicate. So right. music is a form of expression. And yeah. I think it's I think when you think of music today, some of it can be used as a form of expression, but some of it can also be used as therapy. You know, it's therapeutic in a sense as well. So depending on who, what music does to people, depending on what that what it does to people, that's where it, it relies to, you know, music could be anything for anyone, but I know for me personally, it's just a way of life for me. And I don't right. I can't imagine my life without it. 
you know. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So I'm going, Mr. Mitchell, let me go and then you can you can take us home with it, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a big impact of black music today for me. Um my whole my whole my whole um relationship with my wife is based off of music. We have a soundtrack to our relationship, so to say. Yeah. And um in the beginning of our relationship, we we spoke through music. Like it was like I couldn't express myself as best as best as some of these some of these artists was able to do so. You know what I mean? So I used to choose different little different artists or what have you. Whether it be listen, I tell you, I sent her a country a country song in a heartbeat, just yeah. because it, it, just because the lyrics meant lyrics. something or what have you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes down to music for me. It's actually like it's the blood that goes through the veins of our lives. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's what you know. What I'm saying it's, it's it's that like I said. Some people say it's therapy. Some people say that it's it's you know what I mean. It's what gets them through the day. Some people listen get them through a workout. You know what I mean? They go to the gym and they playing DMX. X gonna give them to you. Yeah, they hype. They meant you know they manic. They 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 pumped up and they hype. And right. the diversity of black music is what is what is what's carrying us today. Because you know, I mean, remember, we was we was trying to come up in in, in the age where we were trying to be like the others. Oh, we, you know, we created rock and roll, but then we allowed them to, to 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 take it from us, and then all of a sudden, we want to be rock. We want to be rock. You know, we want to be rock stars. You know what I mean? We created jazz. They take it from us, and the blues. They take it from us. You know what I mean? All of this, all of these different music they get from us, and then all of a sudden, they we find ourselves trying to get get it back from them. You know what yeah. I mean? And mm-hmm. that's that's the diversity of us uh, of our people, and that's the impact of black music today is the diversity of it. You know what I mean? We yes. everywhere. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But I know you got more more for me for real. Oh, brother. black music, black music, black music. Let me tell you, I was born in 1950, right? Mm-hmm. And growing up as a kid, uh, the music that we heard on the street corners, or if there was a radio, was doo-wop. Right, you know, woo, that, cor- that corner, that corner music, you know, that corner. Right. They they get a bottle of pluck and they start drinking it called pluck, pluck wine. You know, back then they right. get all high and start doo-wopping on the corners. And that five-part harmony, you know, was there. But even going back before the fifty, there was a, a group of brothers called the Ink Spots, right? That mm. had that five-part harmony. So you go from doo-wop. To uh, 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 to uh, to uh, R and B, right? Uh, with the five part harmony, then you sprinkle in some jazz, and and then the mixture is gospel. All these music forms are black. Now, unfortunately, like everything else, we create. The Europeans always find a way to make money off it, just like they did when they stole our asses from Africa, brought us here to work for them to make money for them. So. Right. Right. Our music is so dope, right? Our music is so dope. I, I, I listen to all types of music and, and differently uh, for different reasons. When I'm driving to work or driving around, I'll throw on some jazz, right? Mm-hmm. I just throw some jazz. If I just want to get, you know, not my head, I'll throw on some hip hop. Bam, bam. You know, okay. my wife, she likes old school R&B. That is my stuff. So I'll throw in some R&B, you know. Uh, my wife, she's a church lady. I'm not. So she listens to a little bit of gospel, you know. We're throwing some gospel in there. So the music is good for the soul. It good, it's, it's good for your spirit. Like Joe says, it, it can put you in a certain mood, depending on the type of music. If you want some music that makes you go, go hard, you know, you, you choose that type of music. If you just want some music that makes you want to feel serene, 
you know, you put on that type of music. Uh, our music is so incredible. Uh, and as the instruments that, that were used, as Joe mentioned, the drums, that's, that's who we are. Uh, you know, on the plantation, when the, we weren't allowed to speak our language and we had to communicate from one plantation to another, they used the drums. They used the drums mm -hmm. to communicate, mm -hmm. you know. There were certain things that, that our ancestors had to do in order to communicate so that the master wouldn't find out what the hell we were saying. And they right. were forcing us to speak their language. If we right. didn't, they would, they would torture us. So they, they forced us to learn their language, took ours from us, took everything from us. But the thing that we kept together is our music. And then they want to label it soul music. You know, soul music. You know, because it's very spiritual. It's very deep with us, you know, into us. So our music is just, I just love our music. Everybody wants to copy us. You know, everybody wants to be black, but everybody really don't want to be black, you know? No. You know, no. you know. So it, it's, our music is just a powerful instrument, a powerful creation that we as the people created. Uh, it is something that uh, uh, I, I hope that uh, stays around forever and never gets watered down. You know, I just, when you talk about, the, and then, then when hip hop came aboard, because I was living in the Bronx when hip hop first started, right? When, uh, on set uh, on, on Cedric Avenue, the West Bronx, you know, Kuhur can only be out there on the on the turntables. And mm -hmm. I remember I go to a club on Jerome Avenue where there was this kid named Chris Parker, right? And they'd later call them KRS-One. He mm -hmm. and this, his partner, a dude named Scott, Used to be in there, and they call him Scott. Scott, Scott yeah, LaRock. yeah. I, I remember back in the day watching those cats at the Fever on Jerome Avenue, Broad, 167th Street, and Jerome Avenue, and then they, they would bring out uh, the turntables from the block, and because back then there was a lot of gang activity, right? And and, and so they now to squash the beefs, they started doing what they call, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 rapping. Who was the nicest on the mic, right? And when that didn't work as well, they said, we're going to start doing breakdance. They would put uh, cardboard uh, boxes on the ground and cats be out there doing the breakdance. See, it was nice. So that whole culture got started in the South Bronx. And no one ever thought that it would evolve into the type of culture that is known as hip hop. It's now mm -hmm. very commercialized. It's in, it's in commercials and movie uh, soundtracks. No one thought that that music, including yours truly, because I was into R&B and jazz. You know, my mm -hmm. younger siblings, they was in that hip hop. I said, what the hell is, I'm going to rock to the break of dawn, rock it in the night, night. And what the hell? You know, I was listening, I was listening to, I got sunshine. <laughs> you know, you talking about rocking to the break of dawn. It was the nicest in the morning. You know, I said, what the hell? But it look look how it's taken off. Now you got these conscious rappers that are not talking about rocking to the break of dawn. They're talking about empowerment and uplifting the people. And then, of course, you got some rappers that uh, uh, want to just put a lot of uh, profanity in their lyrics. And that, if that works for them, that works for them. That's OK. But it's all part of a culture that. Uh, but I think we need to be uh, in their lyrics. It should be more educational than talking about popping bottles all night, uh, what she's wearing, you know, how big her ass is, you know, and all this stuff that they got in some of these lyrics right now. I want some of these. Mr. Mitchell, who are some of these 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 um rappers that's conscious in your mind right now? Who, 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 I, who, I I like Kendrick. I like Kendrick a lot. Always like okay. Kendrick. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. I, I, I my man Most Deaf. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Most Deaf and 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 uh, 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 Talib Kweli. Uh, you yeah. know. 
those those brothers, you know, most definitely I used to do plays together. See, I'm an actor as well. So before he was known as Mope Death, he had another name, but I'm not going to share that with you. But he had another name. He was a young teenager and we used to do uh, plays together back in the day, you know. So, you know, those those type of brothers, you know, Tupac was also uh, 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 educational. Uh, KRS-One, the, the, he's a, he calls himself an edutainer, you know. Uh, right, so right, right, indeed. They be dropping the science on us in their lyrics, you know, but, you know, some some other rappers, they but they do what they do. I'm not knocking them. I, I just like to hear some lyrics that's going to be, uh, that, that will nourish my, my mental, you know, and nice. educate me. I, I, I know about, you know, popping bottles. I know about, you know, I'm a, I got my gap. I'm, I got an AK. You know, I mean, I, 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 and, and, and brothers who do that, please, uh, uh, don't, you know, brother Pop Smoke lived right around the corner from my house. Wow. So right wow. around the corner. Right around the corner from my house is where Pop Smoke lived. Uh, you know, and, and the thing about it, I was just getting into him real hard, right? Because my mm -hmm. daughter turned me on. Shout out to Brittany uh, Mitchell Kennedy. Uh, my daughter got in, me into Pop Smoke and Smoke in, um, and I started listening to his brother. And as soon as I got really into his stuff, and then the tragic happened, his life was taken. I said, damn, let's see this kid around the way, man. You know, wow. so I just, you know, brothers, just pardon me. I Sometimes I go sideways. I go. No, don't worry about it, Mr. Mitchell. Listen, don't worry. You're coming back. You're coming back to our show at oh, some point. Don't worry about it. This is already in brother. This is. <laughs> don't worry. Right, listen, trust me. Trust me. It, 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 was, it was set from go. So yes, what we're gonna do is right because um hold on let me see let me see if it play loud enough. I don't think it plays loud enough. Y'all can hear that? Yeah. Y'all hear that? She gonna she gonna turn it. No, we ain't turning it off. I just wanted to know. No, no, I don't need the link. I don't need the link right now. It's just it's just genuine, right? So yeah. Right, I just wanted to do that real quick because it's the 50th anniversary of what's going on. That, that, that's the 50th anniversary. I mean, it's 50 years 50 since that years. song. Had, right? Um. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so how does it resonate today? That song. You know, Molly. I remember when that album first came out. You know. Uh, me and my crew, we would go up to somebody's house and we would light up and whatnot, and we would we would we would listen to that song over and over and over again. Now, the lyrics were the things that got us because it was at a time when songs that were coming out weren't about that, you know, about what was going on in the environment, what was going on with the war, what was going on with education and housing and mob and police brutality. Marvin talked about all those elements in his album, What's Going On. Now, unfortunately, at that time, but it, 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 it happened, Barry Gordy, who ran Motown, didn't want Marvin to put out an album like that. You know, we wow. don't know the story. He didn't want him because they were used to, baby, baby, when I love go to Supreme Stop in the name of love. And then Marvin <laughs> will talk about, you know, uh, the war in Vietnam and you're, you're, you're not giving black folks their rights. And Barry said, no, 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 no. I got too many white folks listen to my music, man. Don't don't get don't hit him in the head with that. And Mom has stood, stood his ground, said, "Man, I got to do this, or, or we just can't work." And they released that album, and there we go. Fifty years later, everything on that album 
it, and people have thrown this word around a lot. Oh, Marvin prophesized that, you know, he, he's, he's a prophet, you know. Well, I'm not going to label him a prophet, but I tell you one damn thing, nothing has changed in wow. 15 years from what Marvin was talking about. Yeah. Nothing wow. has changed as Joe. far as socially for us black folks, in my Joe. opinion. Joe, oh, same yes, question. Sir. How does that, that, that what's going on resonate today for you? Well, like Mr. Mitchell said earlier, it's like he was telling the soundtrack of our lives. Everything that he talked about in that album resonates to today. When he talks about inner city blues, one of my favorite songs. When he talks about us struggling with bills, us dealing with trigger happy police and us not knowing what the future is going to hold. These things mean so much to what's happening right now. So it's, you know, we're still asking what's going on. We should already know what's going on right now. You know what I mean? Why are we still asking that? Yeah. Because we're within uncertainty within, and I'm speaking mostly for African-American society. There's an uncertainty within our lives. We don't know what's going to happen later on down the line. So we're asking it because there's no definite answer to the question. Haven't been one for, for haven't been one for fifty years, obviously. Fifty years, so that's why we're still having it. <laughs> and, and, and that, uh, it was a question and a statement, right? Was, What's going? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speak <laughs> on it. Yeah, because yeah. when he say, it's a, he's, "What's Mr. going on, Mister Mitchell?" What's going on? Just Mr. Mitchell is absolutely right because you yep. can look at it as like you're getting bopped upside your head. What's going on? I have no clue. And then you can look at somebody dead in their eyes and say, what's going on? Exactly. Why is this happening? Why is this continuously happening? And mm-hmm. why is why do we why do we, as I look into the camera, allow it to continue to happen? Because that's what that's what's happening. You know what I mean? Sure, we, we, we continue to allow these things to happen time and time again. And that's the reason why we're going to keep asking the question and making a statement at the same time. We got to shut down one of those things. We got to shut down having to make the statement about it or just stop asking the question. One or the other, we have to kill it. You understand? And that's very important. You know what I mean? That we do that. And Mr. Mitchell, you bring you bring up many many great points um, as far as as far as where you've come from um, in this struggle and in this fight. And I know that you, you know, I mean, you know, born in 1950. So you, you, you grew up in the civil rights era, right up in there. Let me tell you something about that. When I was 13 years old Mm -hmm. at the original March on Washington, August 28th, 1963, when Mm -hmm. Dr. King made that famous, I have a dream, you know, I was Mm -hmm. there. Now, how I got there, me and my crew from Mount Vernon, we liked these girls, right? And mm-hmm. then these girls' parents belonged to the NAACP, so they were taking busloads of people down to Washington. So I had to get my little $3 together. I had to borrow a quarter from this one, 50 cents from my uncle, to get $3 to, so I can get on the bus. And we go out there, and there's thousands and thousands of people out there, right? Now, we went there for the girls. On the way back on the bus, the adults broke it down why we were there, why they were protesting, housing, voting rights, all these things that we didn't think about as young. I was 13 years old. So the, the March on Washington, and when we got back, it, it prompted me to get more involved in, in, in a, 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 a social issues. Uh, I remember I was sharing this with Joe. I'm going to shut this down real quick. I was sharing with Joe that we, we were used to march through the three streets of Mount Vernon. 
protesting stuff, and we would have signs saying, Jim Crow must go. Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. I thought Jim Crow was some dude that nobody liked. <laughs> Yo, man. I'm, I thought that this was somebody that black folks didn't like. You know? <laughs> just one dude. Just one dude. Yeah, just, one dude. I thought just one dude. Nobody liked this guy, Jim Crow. Come to find out, for those that, Jim Crow, for those young people that don't know, these were laws that mm -hmm. said, Blacks can go only can go through here. Whites can only go there. Blacks can only eat in this restaurant. Whites in this one. They had separate water fountains. Blacks could not drink out of this water fountain. Whitey. So those were Jim. Those were on the books. Mm -hmm. the United States government. So that was we were just protesting. Those Jim Crow laws must go. And that, but I thought Jim Crow was some damn dude from Mount Vernon. Nobody liked. You know. <laughs> so so um so. I'm asking the question. So your civil your, your your fight in the civil rights movement was basically local in Mount Vernon. It was local in Mount Vernon. Then I moved to the Bronx. I started getting involved in the Bronx, and then I, when I started going to Harlem, it just accelerated when I got into theater. Uh, okay. I started getting to theater in Harlem. I, I did plays in all the theaters in Harlem. Then I started doing some films. You know, uh, the first film that I ever did in which I actually spoke. And you saw my face on the camera was the movie Malcolm X. Uh, oh. in the, yeah, in the scene with Denzel. You know, we okay. grew up together with kids in Mount Vernon. And I got the opportunity to be cast in a, a small little scene and a couple of lines in Malcolm X. That was my first ever uh, uh, film product, uh, which I spoke. Because I used to do a lot of extra work, you know, in the background and stuff like that. But Malcolm X was my first movie that I ever did. Uh, and it happened to be in, in a scene with my boy, yep, Denzel. <laughs> That's I what's know. up, man. You yeah. got, got too much history. I've just been so fortunate. You know, I, I don't I, 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 I sometimes I, I I thank the creator, but I, I often wonder why why me? Uh I, I'm I'm just yeah, a regular yeah. dude. I'm a regular dude, but you know, that name Mr. Powell is known all over the world. Uh, I'm humble. Well, let's by go it. there. So let's go there, Mr. Mitchell. Yes, sir. Tell me about yourself. Who is Billy Mitchell? Billy Mitchell is this father. He's a husband. He's a grandfather. He's a great grandfather. He's a sibling. He's he's a very loyal friend. Uh, uh, Mr. Apollo is a name that was bestowed upon me by the people of Harlem. I have never called myself that ever. Okay. My autobiography. It's called, They Call Me Mr. Apollo. See, I don't walk into somebody and say, how you doing? I'm, I'm Mr. Apollo. You know, I let you guys do that. I let people call me that. I know who I am. I'm Billy Mitchell, born and raised in the great city of Mount Vernon, New York. Uh, my, my, I live in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm from the Bronx, but my soul is Harlem. I am so damn Harlem. My goodness. <laughs> I love it. Harlem Harlem. You know, because that's what that's, no, that's my, yeah, man. That's where my mother was born. You, you yeah, kidding me? So Harlem, man. I love Harlem. that. I'm well, so Harlem. I, I got to give out my hometown of Mount Vernon. I everything I do, I always go out by saying I was born and raised in Mount Vernon, New York, and I'm so proud of that. I got some. I have some friends that we all grew up together. I know they're listening right now, and and this is for you guys. They call me right now. Let me turn this damn thing phone off. You know. Oh, <laughs> I know they call me, man. You know, you shouting out the town, yeah. So, uh, but uh, but let me, but brothers, let me tell you, this has been an experience. Um, 
that I, I really truly enjoyed. Uh, I don't get to share my experience like this when I do interviews. They'll have a you know, little couple of snippets and whatnot, and I choose who I share stuff with. Uh, I've never been this in depth in any interview I've ever, ever done because I'm with my family. That's, Thank you. That's, that's, that's no. dope. I know how. With any interview, and I've done thousands, you know, that have been on media all over the world. But this is with when you do something with your family, with your own folks, you, 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 you unapologetically black. We can kick, we can talk stuff that we can understand. I don't that's have right. to intellectualize every damn thing when I'm speaking to my family. Well, the Dow Jones Industrial Averages, or what do you think about the NASDAQ? You know, I got to, you know, I mean, come on. I, when I'm with my people, I'm with my people. Um, uh, and and I'm just so grateful. I can't wait to come back and we're going to kick it again. Oh, yeah. I have a couple more questions for you. Sure, uh, Joe. I'm, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Um, uh, there's a documentary that is coming out on July 2nd called The Summer of Soul. It was done in Marcus Garvey Park during uh, the week of uh, Woodstock in 1969. Yes. They've been hyping that up so well. And I've always heard about that show. But, yeah. I mean, do you have any uh, images or any visions in regards to that? Like, is there I something that there, you bro. That's why I said 1916. I was there, man, because Woodstock had their own concert. Now, let me tell you about Woodstock. I was there as well, right? Okay. Now, now, now the Woodstock that 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 we hear about, you know, that the, the, the our white brothers and sisters talk. It, it, they said it was Woodstock wasn't where the the concert was held. Woodstock was the main city where the concert, it, the actual concert was done on a farm. Farm, yes, yes. Well, Woodstock. Mm -hmm. And it was raining like crazy that weekend. And we just tripping and, you know, and, 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 and doing stuff in the mud. In I'm the telling mud. you, man. And I got this, and, I, and that was the day this, this, this white sister that really touched my soul with her vocals. Her name was Janice Joplin, right? Wow, yes. Stand, stand, stand. This girl can sing her ass off, right? And then you see all these <laughs> other greats, you know, that are on the show. But uh, but then we did one in Harlem at Marcus Garvey Park, right? And I got to see Sly and the Family Stone, you know. I, I mean, you're talking about in Harlem, you know, and all the greats that were on that show. It was amazing. We, we took over the whole park because Marcus Garvey Park is a few blocks long. The whole place was just saturated with, with black folks and whites, you know, because, you know, you talk about a time when, uh, you know, it was like the hippie stage. I was a hippie, believe it or not. I had a big old pro with a band around it, tie-dyed shirt, you know. It seemed like who wasn't a hippie at that time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I would have been a hippie too, though. Yeah, I would have been a hippie too. We had the right bud, and then we had the the the, the, the sack of wine that we carried over. Our, you know, we just, <laughs> you know, it was it was a time, man. It was a time. Uh, uh, but that that uh, that that Woodstock, Holland Woodstock, was 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 epic, man. It really was something else. Okay. And I I just been so fortunate that I've been the creators blessed me to be in the right place at the right time for the right reason, and man. I am humbled by that. And I'm so grateful because you know. It, it, if I were to sit down with you and tell you all the things that I've seen in my life, you would not believe it. People we would probably some of it. 
people would probably even think that I'm lying. You know, yeah, so, you know, because yeah. I, I'm, I'm 71 years old. Wow. And, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get all this knowledge out of me so you guys can receive it and continue with it. Uh, because, well, yeah. yeah, it's, it's very yeah. important. All right. So as we're trying to close out here, Mr. Mitchell, unfortunately, we have to close out at some point. Right. So yes. we're going to have you back on and we're going to have you expound on so much more. Again, we're going to talk about different things. Your, your, your You know, your journey in it, in itself is a, is 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 a testament to never give up to always listen. You never know where you'll end up in life. You might that's be sure. one, of the, one, of, one of the legends in life. You know what I'm saying? And this is all about legacy. You know what I mean? Um, what advice will you give to young people who want to succeed and particularly in the arts? What well, advice will you give to the young people? Respect and study your craft. Respect and study your craft. Work hard, continue to work hard, and then work a little harder. Never, yeah. ever, ever, ever give up because success or what you're trying to achieve doesn't happen overnight, over weeks, over months. It sometimes happened over uh, years. Don't ever give up on your dream because there's going to be some people that tell you that you don't have it, that you don't, because I've been told that. There have been people that tell you that 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 you wouldn't, it wouldn't work for you. I've, I've been fired from jobs. I got other jobs. You know, all, just don't ever give up because in life, there's these peaks and valleys. There's going to be times things are going to be good and you can be sure as hell. There's going to be times when things are so bad that you're going to want to give up, but don't ever give up on your dream ever even when you're faced with that 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 wall it's going to tell you you know this is not for you give it up give it up you know you, you just when you're about to give up just when you're about to give up you missed out on a blessing yeah because yes. you gave up yeah just too soon so and in, in closing if anybody's interested i have an autobiography out called they call me mr apollo uh you can purchase it at Blurb.com, D-L-U-R-B.com. The book is called They Call Me Mr. Apollo. And what I was sharing with Joe, sales from the proceeds from the sale of the book goes to an organization that I sponsor in Harlem called Playing on the Edge Basketball Program. Okay. So for me, you're helping these kids in Harlem. Playing That's on the Edge Basketball. The book is called They Call Me Mr. Apollo, Blurb.com. Joe, well, we want to- One last, wait, one last question. Yes, sir. Well, I, mean, I know the story, but tell the story. What inspired you to write the book? Uh, back in 2010 or 29, we get a call from the White House that Michelle Obama was coming in town with her mother and daughters and whatnot, and they wanted to tour the Apollo. So the manager said, Billy, uh, Miss Obama needs a mighty tour. Only you can do it. So I'm taking Miss Obama around. And we kicking it and we sing the temptation song and rocking on the stage. And she said something to me that people have been saying for a long time. You know, you need to write your autobiography. And when she said it, that was the initial seed that I need to fully get to work and start writing. And that was because of Miss Michelle Obama. I, this book would have never come out because people have been saying it. And I just thought they was trying to hype me up or yeast me up, you know. But when she said it, I said, maybe there's something to it. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's how it came out. Thanks to Michelle Obama. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, real quick, what we're going to yes, do is um, I want to, you know, um, basically thank you for being here, Mr. Mi Mr. 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 Apollo, Mr. Billy Mitchell. Yes, sir. Um, I want to um, also, Joe. What we can do is when we put the we do the video back out and throw it back to the to, to, to the people. 
we can um attach his um his um book information to the to the video that way we can send it out to the people um what i want to do is thank you mr mitchell you don't understand how much it meant for you to even be you know in our presence and allowing us to get some of that knowledge you know that wisdom and understanding like to actually be in the presence or be you know be on a podcast with a man such as yourself who's experienced so many different things about what I've, I wish I've experienced. You know, you're talking about, um, you're talking about, James, you're talking about James Brown telling you to get it, go get an education. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, simple things like that. You know what I mean? And I think, I think as we go along and I tell my story, I guess I could have a few little stories like that in my time as well. Cause I've, sure. met a, yep. I've met a few yep. people in my time as well and whatnot. And we're going to get to all of that. And I'm just not going to be shy about those things anymore. Cause yeah. it's like, it's, it's what, it's what makes you who you are. You know what I mean? And you're a special, you're a special, you're a special person, Mr. Mitchell. Thank I mean, you, I said, you know, it, you know, it means everything that you was on our show. I mean, I'm, I'm humble. Joe. Thank you. Well, you already know how I feel, Billy. You already I know do, bro. I really do. I just I love hearing your story and I love listening to you say it because yeah. I know that whoever's listening to the story is gonna feel the same way that I do. Yeah, thank you, brother. So, thank you. and thank you. And I know that there's so much going on. I would we'd love to have you back on anytime. anytime. We gotta do it. And producer extraordinaire, can we um get my closing song, please? That Thanks, way that Thanks, on- brother. Yes, yes, Mr. Mitchell. Stay on, stick around. We want you to hear this one yeah. right quick, man. Yes, sir. I ain't yeah. going nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This was a good one. This was a good one. I wanted to hear it. I got to hear it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Mother, That's how it is. Wow. There's too many of you cry. Listen to the lyrics, y'all. Yeah. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you die. You know we've got to find to bring some loving here today. Father, father. We don't need to escalate. I advise everybody go take a listen to the song, meditate, look in the mirror. I mean, listen, smoke on, get your drink on, do something with this song. 50 years, it ain't nothing changed. And with that, I would like to say salute to Mr. Mitchell. Salute to my man, Joe. Salute to myself. Salute to Marvin Gaye and the ancestors. Salute to everything black, because this is what it's all about. Thank everybody for tuning in. Love, peace. Peace, everybody. That was awesome. That was awesome. Wow.